Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello, and welcome to episode 69 of the PreparedX podcast. Just before I get started, I want to let you know about uh, this episode is brought to you by the International Crisis Management Conference. As you know, PreparedX is a sponsor of the conference each year. Uh, This is the fifth annual conference taking place uh, in Rhode Island between May 12th and 14th, uh, again, 2020. So um, if you go to crisisconferences.com, that's crisisconferences.com, you'll find out more details of uh, this year's conference. So, uh, in this podcast, which is now, as I mentioned, episode 69, I interview Arena Singh, and I came across Rena uh, via LinkedIn. Uh, she empowers businesses and individuals to enhance their resilience capabilities by creating collaborative strategies to prevent, plan, prepare, respond, and rehearse their plans during and after uh, any incident. Uh, we got into some great conversations about uh, resiliency, both uh, from a business perspective as well as a personal perspective. Uh, spoke about exercises, uh, spoke about some of the threats in the UK, and uh, more recently, uh, also the recent threat of the coronavirus. So we touched on that. Uh, Rena mentioned her comments as it relates to, to that issue that's going on at the moment. So great conversation all around really and uh, again um, you know came across her via her podcast which uh, you can find uh, she gives all your all those details um, in the interview here so anyway you can catch up um, uh, with Rena and her interview here so I hope you enjoy it thank you well good afternoon uh, Rena how are you today I'm very well, Bob. How are you? I'm great, thank you, and thanks for joining us from uh, the UK today. I appreciate it. So just before we get started, Rena, uh, with the interview today, just for our audience, could you introduce yourself and just talk for a few minutes about who you are and your career so far? Yeah, of course. Well, I'm Rena Singh. I empower businesses and individuals to prevent, plan, prepare, and rehearse their resilience, no matter how big or small. So that's my day job. Um, in the hours in between, I'm also the host and creator of the Resilience Pod podcast, videos, and blogs. And in terms of how I kind of my career today and how I fell into it, it was completely purely by accident. Um, nothing planned, um, just fell into it, which is great because I, I like how that journey has taken me. Had you know the privilege of navigating my career working in an array of different industries from banking, financial services. We've had, you know, experiences working in commercial real estate, non-profit, wow. healthcare, great. you know, public sectors and transport. So it's been really great in terms of looking at resilience from all these different industries. And it's really why I love being in this industry because I've had the, the privilege to work in different areas to see how it how it all works differently. Well, yeah, wonderful. That's a great amount of experience. So, um, well, I th- I'm sure this will come out in the interview as well. So we appreciate that. No problem. It's a pleasure. And so as it relates to what's in the news right now, um, you know, we have uh, the coronavirus um, that's big in the news right now. So I thought we'd just start off there. Um, seems like a, you know, topical point to start off with. Um, what are you seeing? Uh, you know, we're seeing, you know, I think it was today I read uh, that uh, Nike 
had closed their European headquarters. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of businesses, you know, being impacted here. So could you start off providing our listeners with an overview of what some of the challenges are as it, re- as it relates to the coronavirus? Mm, it's a it's a very topical thing happening right now. And I think, um, you know, all businesses, regardless of where they are, are, are forming some, are having some sort of challenges with the usual travel disruption, supply chain, um, the, the people side of it is, is massive, which I'll, I'll um, touch on in a second. But it's about, um, you know, a lot of the thing is about how the economy is doing as well and whether it's going to crash and what about the stock market. So there's all this kind of uncertainty um, around this, which is scaring a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um and it's the the stigma connected to this virus that we don't know much about and and the spread of it which is really a challenge faced by businesses um you know i i live in milton keynes um in the uk which is in a in buckingham in southeast of england and there's actually been a quarantine center that had been opened up a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um so right on my doorstep literally um and it's been causing a lot of fear and panic amongst the locals because there's been no communication about it. As you know, just a van full of people from uh, the the cruise ship turned out to this makeshift oh, quarantine right, centre. Right. Men, men, um, men, men and women quite, in suits as well, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's been scaring people, and um, funnily enough, some of the challenges um, it there's been a lot of discrimination around the area and you know there's there's local magazines who are so this is true story um on you know with social medias you know things spread so quickly on instagram um a a local magazine was you know saying oh you know a a batch full of people have come into milton Keynes to the new quarantine center tap here to see what milton Keynes will look like in a week's time and then you tap it and there's just people who look like zombies no no yeah and I looked at this and I thought, what? That's uh, supposed to be an influential an account. So, and I, I'm not one of those people who feels the need to kind of like go online and select people and message. So I sent this person a private message saying, you should really be ashamed of yourself because <laughs> you're supposed to be supposed to be an influential account and you're actually scaremongering the right. rest of uh, the people around here. When instead of trying to make people understand that it's actually it's okay, it's controlled. Um, you're you're putting that stigma and fear into them again. And yeah. whilst it was supposed to be a joke, you just can't take it like that. So, and people, it, it's about the people, and you naturally want the best thing for yourself. So, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of discrimination factors going on, uh, and it's not being it, businesses are facing a lot of like it's not really open and inclusive. So, mm-hmm. uh, across all businesses, there's been you know with you know say uh, you know Chinese ethnicity you know, a lot of discrimination against those kind of colleagues, and that's not on. That's not fair. It's right. just to generalize one you know, one ethnicity on, on that. So I feel like the people and the human element is a, a really big challenge, uh, along with everything else that follows it. Sure. Well, that's great. It's a great insight to your um, your personal environment there in Milton Keynes. So we appreciate that. Um, So let's go back to the people. And you mentioned people um, as it relates to resilience, you know. So where do businesses start to build that resilience? Um, You know, and, and, you know, know, I I pose the question, is it people first? You know, uh, what do you see as Mm -hmm. being the, you know, the best approach to, you know, starting that process? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's business first, um, as you quite rightly say. And anybody who knows me who's ever, or has ever spoken to me gets sick of hearing me say this. Um, but it is all about the people. Yes, you need the processes, the structures, you know, the frameworks, all that good stuff. You need that, of course. But actually, people run your business. Um, how can we forget them? Because we need them. Uh, there's, you know, there's only so much automation you can do. So it's it's there's a lot of at the moment a lot of literature and things online about you know resilience being this whole new buzzword and stuff and right. the frameworks focusing focusing on processes but where where is the human side of it where's hr side where is you know how where's the training programs you know where's change management in there it's it's not really covered because it's not seen as under the resilience umbrella but actually if we're if we're so we work in this industry and and as a day job, I'm going around telling my business to be resilient, to prevent, plan, prepare, rehearse. But if my personal life is in chaos, yeah. I'd feel a bit fake trying to get my business to do that. Right. Um, so where is that investment? So the best way to do that is the best approach is look at what investment your organization is making to train your staff, to empower them, to give them things like well the well-being side, you know, the health well-being side all those soft tools that take time and investment because if you have resilient people you will have a resilient business because the frameworks and the processes will be a um it will just empower them to to take on those steps further be excellent excellent so um no no different from uh from our perspective as well as it relates to people we we say that number one stakeholder um within your organization uh, are is your employees and you know you wouldn't have customers without having employees right so um so look after them first for sure so how important um are business relationships then you mentioned people there as it relates to resilience but um you know how important are those business relationships as it relates to developing more resilient communities and do you have an example of where business relationship worked out well or maybe an example that didn't work out so well because the relationship wasn't strong Mm, absolutely it's all about what i call resiliency through relationships um and i I love using that phrase and i use it everywhere in every presentation i do into like in in organization i work for even outside um it's that's the key Uh, and, and what i mean by that is before you even go, so for for example, for if you're doing business continuity and you're going to sit with someone to do an impact assessment, don't just get straight into it. You know, you need to find out about your stakeholders. What are the, what are your concerns? You know, or even before that, hi, how are you? You know, what's your what's right. your name? You know, yeah. introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, or maybe what something that I've done um, in a lot of my workplaces is, is before even doing any type of work said hey um you know i'm new to this world or we don't we haven't met um how about a 30 40 minute uh, meetup or if you're a local let's grab a coffee yep. um or a tea uh, and let's just get to know each other you know what, what's my story what's yours where yep. are your concerns that's how you get the relationship by talking to them um in a either a phone conversation or um face to face because you know the, no amount of technology will will like trump over face-to-face or a phone call it's it's completely different the communication style so what worked for me is just spending investing that time and spending that time with people that i know i need to work with um especially when they're difficult 
right uh, and they don't engage with you that's the best way is to just meet them and listen to them um, it takes a lot of your time because you need to um, listen and that's quite hard to do um, for many of us because you're always thinking about what am I going to say next what am I going to say next so it's having that emotional intelligence and being being able to read that person and their frustrations and then help them see the bigger picture of if we do this goal together as this is what we can do and, and I'm here to help you on your journey and it, it's worked well for me in the last two organizations that I've worked in in terms of a day job um, is to spend that time in that investment um, in getting to know my people and stakeholders because when there's when when something needs to be done they're like oh yeah she listened to me for half an hour talking about my kids right, or, right, or yeah. my holiday yeah. <laughs> we've got that connection now we've got something to talk about and yeah. and it's also you you remembering the details as well yes <laughs> yeah that's you know, some great examples you've used there and we we're very similar with uh with our clients over here in the states we have uh a number of clients that work in oil and gas, chemical, you know, it's a, it's a very, you know, um, you know, complex environment. But um, we'll always say, you know, you know, who are your critical stakeholders if there's an emergency? And, you know, we talk about fire, talk about explosion, <laughs> a, a leak of some kind. And, you know, you talk about the fire department. Well, you know, do you bring the fire department in and, you know, just walk them around? And, <laughs> and, do you, and, some, and some do and some don't. Mm. And, and um, you know, and then once you start to build that relationship, you, you know, you buy them coffee and donuts. Over in the States would be tea and, you know, biscuits, I guess, uh, if you're back in the, <laughs> back in the UK. But, uh, but it always works, though. You know, you, yeah. you, build, you build that relationship and it's not just a name. And then it's about trust because when the fire department turn up at the, at the literally at the gate to come in, and they ask you how much quantity of uh, hazardous material that you have in a tank. When you tell them how much it is, they're more likely to trust you because they've been there before mm-hmm. and you have a relationship with them. So, so some great, great examples there. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's, it's something that is, is my motto, resiliency through relationships. Perfect. Uh, as you were, so let's talk about some of the threats then. As you're located in the UK and uh, probably worked um, a, a lot in the UK throughout your career, what are some of the threats that are specific to UK businesses? I think uh, our US audience and our global audience that listen to the podcast would uh, would love to hear about some of those threats. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, let's start off with infectious diseases, which we've we've kind of touched on that at the moment. It, it's becoming more frequent because we're so interconnected. It's scary, mm-hmm. um, the amount of connections we have, and it is just so much more prevalent now. So, so there's that. That's a, that's a continuing threat to the UK. But on, on top of that, because we've already discussed that, I don't want to go into too much detail. Um, we can't hide the fact that you know it's what we call here the B word, Brexit. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the uncertainty, we're not, we're not allowed to say it, Brexit. We, <laughs> some of us avoid it. We just call it yes. the, B, the B word, which is quite funny. Yeah. But it, there's, a lot of, there's still a lot of uncertainty around that. There's conversations going on. And, and especially if you're a new business or you want to come in and, and do business in, in the UK, it's, you know, there's a lot, of, um, there's a lot of things you need to think about with your document preparations or your customer clearance transport handling you know they're all arduous and it's just it is it, a it's a threat at the moment because there's not a clear a clear answer to that um some of the other threats that face our uk businesses are it's, it's all around the climate and weather impacts yes lots of it's lots huge. of lots of storm in, I, I, yeah. since i've left i've been gone 20 years i've never seen so much flooding in the uk and those big storms, those, those yeah. like, almost like U.S.-sized storms that we get here in the hurricane season. It's crazy. 
Yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy. For the last three weeks, it's just been storm after storm. And, and we're not really um, as prepared for it. It, it, it. There's a big impact on it, especially in tra- on transport as well. Um, yeah, like you said, with flooding and power outages um, in, in that extreme cold, you know, disruptive weather. weather. But also um, when it's really hot, because we've had really hot summers last year, and, and that's also impacted travel and transport and critical national infrastructure and all that kind of stuff. So it's these things that they're there, but it wasn't as impactful before. So that's that's quite a prominent threat. Um, there's two more, two more key that I key threats that I want, wanted to talk about, which is cyber data protection. Mm-hmm. You know that whole cyber space is so crucial and very prevalent right now you know people stealing data um, people becoming victim of you know cyber crimes phishing all that kind of stuff and then and then technology because we're in this connected world we can't ignore the fact um, you know we've got you know medical devices for example in hospitals um, you know that are connected to technology you know we've got we're trying to digitalize a lot of things so transport for example if you're trying to become digital you know it, re- it relies on technology and that technology and cyber kind of uh, go hand in hand because there's obviously the more technology we get the more risk we are the more threats we have to to the cyberspace where there might not be so much knowledge around it and and as we become more smart not only in our personal lives but our, you know our homes are becoming smart now our businesses are becoming smart it's it's just very key prevalent threat that a lot of people still take for granted personally right. specifically yeah, <laughs> yeah. excellent excellent <laughs> Um, so as it relates to these threats, then, um, what can organizations do? I mean, so, you know, probably some of the larger businesses um, have processes for this. But, you know, maybe if it's a smaller business, a medium-sized business, you know, try to understand mm. what threats are prominent to their operations. How do they go about that? Mm. It's, you know what? It's actually thinking about it in the first place. Right. Let's, um, yeah, right. let's, sit, sounds... let's sit down and talk. <laughs> it's about people again, right? <laughs> Yeah, let's think about it. Have you actually thought about it? And it sounds really funny and so obvious, but sometimes it's not. Right? You don't want to turn around and say, oh, that was a black swan event. And actually, quite funnily enough, I was speaking to my husband and he works for a, a company. And they're like, oh, they had some incident. And they're like, oh, that was a black swan event. And I just turned around and said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, there was no one thinking about these things in the first place, without getting into the details. No one thinking about these things in the first place. So you need to have dedicated resource. Um, and I appreciate that's not always possible for small businesses, or especially if you're entrepreneurs and stuff. But it's, it's having that mindset where you're thinking about um, as you would your personal, uh, you know, your personal resilience or, you know, your personal security, think about it for your business, you know, and, and to have to think about it first and be in that mindset is, you know, number one tick. But then, you know, understanding that what works for somebody else, it might not work for you. So there's not a one size fits all. You need to be flexible. Yep. Um, and then doing that good old SWOT analysis, so what are your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, looking at your, then on top of that, you know, horizon scanning your landscape in the fields that you're in, you know, what's what are there other people's challenges, you know, what's political, um, economical, social technology, like what, what are those kind of factors affecting my business um, and, and my landscape and then how can I scan that and understand the threats then what can I do like go and there's so much stuff online and obviously it's it's quite overwhelming but just 
you that you're in a better place to find that information than you were six, seven, or even ten, twenty years ago. Um, it's so much easier to find information out these days. Sure, sure. Okay, good, good information. So, um, as we start to kind of wrap up here, we often ask, um, as we're all about exercises here at Prepared X, um, we like to hear the different approaches and the different thoughts around, um, you know, experiences with regards to, you know, training exercises, simulation exercises, whatever you may call them. Um, why are they important in in your mind, and uh, what's your experience with them? They are, aren't they? I, I find them quite fun. I don't know about you, but um, yeah, they have to be, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 such a high impact training, and it's 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 a lost opportunity if you don't do it. Um, and and I love that. I mean, I've I've done a few, um, but also it depends what kind of what landscape and what maturity your organisation is is in in terms of exercising and the whole program itself because simulation exercises obviously they require a lot of planning um, um it, it well it takes immense planning to do it and, and there's different levels of, of doing that too so you know where what what length do you want to go to depending on the appetite of your organization sure. but i think it's easier to do so um and, and it's really important and fun because it immediately engages stakeholders so many when i first started off in this industry um i had to do a simulation exercise and i, I mean i had no idea you know i i I was working for this nonprofit and I got put on a course and they're like, now you're the expert, you know, we don't want to hire consultants. They've gone off into the sunset. You do everything. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, how do I do a simulation exercise? <laughs> you know, there's not much free stuff out back there. You know, I mean, I'm talking about seven years ago only. So things have changed so much. And I remember talking to someone and they told me about an exercise called Outside, Outside Now. And I just thought it was really interesting. And I actually tried it. So I was experimenting with this um, non-profit that I was working for. And in, in in that time, I was responsible for business continuity and incident management. It was like under the same umbrella because mm-hmm. uh, it was quite a small organization. So we, we sat there. I mean, people turned up 10 minutes late uh, for this exercise. Didn't tell, I just told them we were running through this exercise. Didn't say it was going to be a simulation or anything like that. And then... Um, I asked one simple question before we got into the scenario where's your evacuation point and I got different answers from people in the room um, and I said okay show me and they're like oh it's down there look outside the window you know blah 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 and, and I said no let's actually physically right. go there yeah, yeah. So, we had like these two two women specifically and they were um, one of them was eating their hot lunch and you know we were all wearing like high heels and I mean it's it, it just just to set the scene of how it how it was and they're like okay let's get the lift no you can't get the lift because the fire alarms went off so let's walk down like four flights of stairs so walking down four flights of stairs they've got they, they remember to pick up their plan and then we're at the evacuation point and there's a bit of hoo-ha like which way is it where is it and I'm like look at your plan it says it in the plan um so we were there it was like a September I can remember it to this day it was cold crisp like UK fresh air you know we're not wearing a coat we've just got the plan in our hand and someone's got their lunch she's sitting there eating it standing there eating it um (laughs) so not sure how safe that was walking down the stairs but anyway um we're standing out there and I'm like now what and they're like okay well you know they run through their scenario and, and whilst it's not like a full-on scale simulation, it really got the interest of 
that team because they were so disengaged from doing this work in the first place and it was a challenge yeah. to just simply go to the evacuation point and then start thinking about well what are we going to do what are our assumptions was really interesting because um you know some of the things like well we've got another office down the road let's go there okay but who are you going to frame because you haven't got your at the time they were using blackberries you don't have your blackberry with you so how right. can you call them right, well, i don't right. know number or, or or just go home work from home go now I'm like how is how is your colleague going to go uh, go home she hasn't got her purse on her um she's come up without a jacket she's eating her lunch um, and, you know, the key for your laptop is upstairs locked in your drawer. So uh, and your laptop's in the drawer. So it was all these kind of um, situations happening and it was really engaging. So I feel like and that was a very low level kind of. Sure. It wasn't, I don't even know if I'll a simulation. It was a little bit of a simulation. And that created so much impact and interest and talk yes. throughout the different departments that people wanted to do it. Um, and, and, and that's why it's really vital um, to, to bring that in. Obviously, it depends on what industry you're in, because sometimes that's not possible to do, a say, like a live simulation, um, uh, as real as it can get. But, you know, it, these things, if you've got the, the investment, you can do it by technology. You can do it virtual reality, you know, if that can be afforded. Um, you can make these things as real as possible, because... Whilst you might not be outside physically feeling cold, I've done example virtual reality ones, which were actually quite engaging and fun. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. That's you know, it's the simple things, right? That we just don't think about. Um, so we did something similar many years ago as well. It was a the whole of the fourth floor, and there was two exits on the, one on either side, and and so we blocked what simulated one being blocked as if smoke was coming up. It was a fire. Mm. It was a fire. And so, and everybody looked at, you know, everybody's looking at each other and said, well, where's the other exit? <laughs> and so it's just real, it's really, it's just really interesting to watch them then kind of like, you know, run around like headless chicken. Well, not, nobody's running, of course, but, um, and then get them outside. Yeah. So, uh, but, it, it, but again, from the first minute of the exercise, they were then engaged. Um, and it was so simple to do. Just, I had somebody stand there. Actually, we had somebody stand halfway down saying, you know, smoke's coming up the stairs. So they, they got halfway down one staircase and they had to come back up again. <laughs> um yeah. but it's yeah. you know it was blocked or there was a fire whatever it was of smoke coming up this so it, but but again it was it's about engagement if you can engage them from the first minute um uh then you you'll have them throughout the rest of the exercise and then beyond that you, you know it, it's it's about bringing them back for the next exercise and getting them excited um you know to to be to be there and be involved in the conversation and and the topic and you know again all everybody helps towards that you know building that resilience yeah, absolutely, and it's and it's fun because it changes, it automatically changes the mindset, and and you're in real mode. It's just I love using theatrics where possible as well, like simple things like oh well, let's the power's gone, let's switch off all the lights in the room, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know something something as cheap and simple as that actually makes it. They're like oh okay, it's really good, you know, let's shut the curtain if there is, you know, that that kind of those, those little things. Yeah, unfortunately, we've uh, you know we've had to use um, you know um, certain you know for active shooters you know we've we've used audio gunfire before just to kind of get their mindset in the room, mm -hmm. and again not to get people yeah. running around but just to get that, uh, and then when you tie that into uh, there was a campus uh, with a customer of ours who had a um, a, a childcare facility on it, and and all we said was on you know you hear this sound coming from the area of the childcare facility. Well, of course, every mother in the room was like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta leave. So, you, you know, it's that emotion as well that you start to, you know, engage and, um, 
it's fascinating when you start to have those conversations. And again, it's uh, it's just about getting that engagement from uh, as early as possible in the exercise so you can, you know, engage them throughout. So, all right. Okay, great. This has been fantastic. But uh, I do want you to talk um, for the last few minutes, if you could, Rena, about the resilience pod. Um, tell us a little bit more about uh, it. I know you briefly touched on it at the beginning, but uh, tell us some more about it. Yeah, of course. I'd be delighted to. So resilience pod is essentially about helping you become resilient in a world full of disruption. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a platform that I create, which is a pod, and that's what's called pod, resilience pod, um, to see all audiences because it encompasses blogs, uh, videos and podcasts that you can listen to. So there's a bit of something to suit whichever type of platform the audience, my audience likes to to dwell into. And the blogs are very informal. It started off um, many, many years ago when I was talking about risk and it was actually called Risk Aside. And then obviously I changed it over to a resilience pod because I talk about a lot of things and just my experiences. Um, I have the occasional guest blogger on there, write a few articles, um, things that are going on. Um, but the, the the newest thing about the resilience pod is the podcasts and videos, mm-hmm. uh, which I which I actually really enjoy doing, and it's about connecting my audience new to the real models in our resilience industry. Um, you know, the world's becoming turbulent faster <laughs> than we are indeed sure. becoming resilient. So, and 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 you know, the increase in technology. You know the digital world, which we're it's become the the striving for perceived perfection. Um, you know, has become quite unrealistic, and we're, we're quite complex people. Um, so it's about me and it's about me unmasking um, the real models and bringing the real models that I have the privilege of knowing or coming to contact with, who have demons who are in this in our industry, who've demonstrated a growth mindset. You know, they've overcome challenges um, in their career, in their lives. They, they're not afraid to open up about their vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, the, they're not the perfect people behind this perfect profile. Um, they're the real models. That's what I call them. Not role models. <laughs> they're real. Uh, <laughs> um, because they've ta- they're, the, they're the people that have taken the steps to become towards making the world become more resilient through, through their story. Um, and, and it's really... I, I find it quite inspiring and empowering that people have come on and they've shared their story and they've actually been quite vulnerable and not embarrassed to say, you know, uh, oh, I face something like imposter syndrome every day. And there's these like accomplished people in the industry from from that level to, you know, someone who's a newbie who's just starting off and their take on the industry and where they want to go. So it's, it's a platform to inspire others to say, well, this person's, you know, you know say like I had a guest on who left the army and then looked at himself and said well you know I'm 36 what what can I offer the industry nothing you know that's that's what he said that's what he said and it was really powerful and then went on a whole whole world of like you know now he's like doing so many good things in for his industry so it's it's, it's sharing that story and and, and inspiring others and, and and that's what that's what I'm here to kind of help pave and share that share that good stuff with everybody else because we all deserve to know that and be inspired from them. Wonderful. Well, this has been an excellent episode today. I really appreciate uh, your time, Rena. But before we get off, uh, have you got any final comments? And as well, for our listeners, how might they be able to uh, connect with you? 
Um, yeah, you can find me on the Resilience Pod. You just type it in Google and you'll see everything that comes up. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Um, it's in my maiden name, so um, Rena Bacter, and it's got a thing at the end. Or you can find me on Instagram at Resilience Pod. So I'm, I'm searchable. You can you can connect with me on LinkedIn or visit the Resilience Pod um, website. Excellent. I'm always there. I'm always here to make connections. So do get in touch. Yes, and we'll add your information as well at the uh, bottom in the show notes uh, for the podcast, so no problem whatsoever. Again, thank you for your time today, Rena. Hopefully, we'll be connecting again really soon. Yes, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. That's it for episode 69. If you did enjoy this podcast, as always, we'd love to hear from you in the comments section or wherever you're listening to it. If you're listening on your phone, or via any of the iTunes or other outlets, uh, podcast outlets. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, tag us, you know, make a comment, share it, whatever you would look, look like to do. Rate us on iTunes, all of that good stuff. We'd love to hear from you. Again, we hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, I hope you have a safe and productive day. Thank you. Mm-hmm.